Oh God, yours looks so much better than mine. Honey, I need help. One, One two, three. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Welcome back. Hi. Sugar, we're going down swinging today. Sugar, we're going down swinging. Can I just tell you how low morale is over here at TMV today? Yeah, yeah. Gabby's not feeling well. My entire family is homesick. Like, we're just... You're physically ill. I'm emotionally ill. (laughs) Things are just not fantastic today but that's okay we're here trying and do you know what recording these episodes always puts me in a better mood it does for me too so i'm glad we're doing it if people thought i was delusional before they should see me when i'm sick because i'm just walking around blowing my nose yelling i am the epitome of health (laughs) until you are the epitome of health health (laughs) health and wealth health and wealth baby so we tell ourselves every day until it happens I'm Meadowlark. And I'm Gabriela. And this is Thoughts May Vary. The podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And so that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people. Do you know what I told my mom yesterday? Speaking of delusional, I was telling her that I was talking about like our friend group. And I was like, you know, it is really nice to obviously have people in your life that can help you strategize and do all, you know, help you optimize. But that's really where I look at a very small pool. I don't need my friends to be that. I have mentors. I have people that I work with that like I look at as colleagues and coworkers and I have a small pool of people otherwise that like I can pull from. But I need my friends to be the ones that when I say an outlandish dream, (laughs) they're like that. Of course. Yeah, obviously. Of course. Of course that's coming true. What do you mean? Of course. Yesterday. So that's meaning that you don't call me out on my bullshit, which you guys always do. But like – Right. Of course. Sorry, I'm just plucking hair off of this microphone. Um, that's fine. I can't like, start doing that because then I won't stop. I don't need a realist fucking bringing me back down to earth all the time. Absolutely not. God damn. We have plenty of those in our lives. Hello, our mothers. Capricorn mothers. That's enough. <sighs> They do it for quite literally everyone. Like yeah. they've got it covered. Mm, yeah. How's how's having mom? Good. It's been God, really fun. I'm so nasally. Sorry, everyone. You really don't to sound too nasally. Um, really mom's good. been great. It's been really fun. We've just been driving all around LA so she could really Cute. get to know different neighborhoods. We've been walking a lot. We've been going to open houses, which everyone knows is my favorite thing to do because I got it from her. She would Obviously. always do that when we were younger. Like that was our so it's been really fun it's been really nice having her here i like your outfit thank you, like, you. actually look chic and put together and i'm in i am the phantom of the opera thanks like, i just am a ghost no, you, you you look great we went shopping yesterday it's my new cardigan i'm really happy excited about it where from jenny kane great selection oh, of sweaters you got a good cardigan stand up do a twirl i got a good cardigan oh god she's nice wow, and wooly i love it and I will say, if anyone's looking to shop from them, very oversized on the sweaters. Yeah. Like, I'm wearing an extra small. When does that ever happen in a sweater? Never. 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 Whoa. I'm always I love like, that. She, the woman was telling me, she's like, yeah, whenever people order online from us, like, they always they come back into large. store and they're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, because they got like a large or yeah. whatever they think their size is going to be, like, times two. I'm sorry, I need to fix my microphone and it's going to be really annoying for a second. What if I just did the whole recording? With like two pieces of tissue in my nose like this. I think you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Bro, and you know what? We're doing the dumbest thing possible on a day that we're this fucking dumb. We're doing a Q and A. Yeah, <laughs> which is giving advice. <laughs> this is why you listen to us. Look at these two brilliant just quirky, idiots. Just which two is another podcast girls. name. I shouldn't say that. Just two quirky girls. Should we get into it? Yeah, take it away. Okay, we're Lead us doing the bait journey. and switch where I ask questions again. Yeah, love it. My second time ever. Healthy coping mechanisms for stress and overwhelm. What do I do when I'm overwhelmed? Shall I start? Yes. <laughs> okay, the only thing I have to say off the top of my head, you got to stop making me laugh. We're oh not going to be able to get through this. First and foremost, having an understanding of stress is really helpful. And we mm-hmm. all know I yell about the stress curve constantly. Mm. And if you don't know that, I'm pretty sure it's on my TikTok. I've written an article about it for like seven publications. You can find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. But it's basically saying the relationship between stress and productivity is if you have too little stress, you don't have anything going on, no fire under your ass, you're doing nothing. Like summers in elementary school when you're like watching TV all day long and then your mom forces you to do math workbooks, maybe I'm just projecting. And then the, uh, the other side of it is so much stress and so much overwhelm that you curl into a ball and binge watch Netflix all day because it's just mm. all too overwhelming. In order f- to go from that level of stress and overwhelm back to a level of the optimum level of stress, so just enough stress to put a fire under your ass, there, and it's such thing called good stress to get yourself motivated to do get the job done, you mm-hmm. have to rest and implement those co- coping mechanisms. So one, right. just having the understanding that stress can help you and it's not all bad, but two, without that rest, it will it will be ineffective for getting the job done, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So rest is completely productive. That's one reframe that like really just helps you lean into it because without that, you're not going to get any better. And then in terms of coping mechanisms, you got to find what works for you and it changes a lot. And we all know I have the list and I break down the list by compartments, but I'll say some of my favorites, a neighborhood walk, calling a friend, watching, I love my fucking ASMR Reiki video meditation videos. Mm -hmm. Cause I think those like, I think for people that don't meditate, watching an like ASMR meditation really helps get you like in that like self hypnosis state a little bit easier. I think that's why I like those a lot. Yoga for yoga with Adrian has amazing self-care yoga practices. Choose yoga when you're sick, when you're on your period, when you're overwhelmed, when you're anxious, when you're having anxiety attack, when you need to sleep for self-care. Like she has so, so many good ones. Sometimes just taking a shower and like washing your hands clean of the day is like so fucking healing. Reading a good book, just disconnecting from social media. I honestly haven't been on Instagram or TikTok for two weeks because it's just been, I haven't been feeling good and there's been a lot going on and that's been really helpful for me. The one thing that I'll add to that is in all of the amazing things that Meadow just pointed out and all of the coping mechanisms that you can add to your list and see what feels good. I think the underlying point is to like figure out what it is that when you're doing the activity or when you're not doing something, what brings you down to like baseline feeling sort of calm and feeling good. Like what, what is that? Painting, drawing, reading, Mm -hmm. sitting at a park. Yeah. And cause sometimes too, like I know that, you know, sometimes when I'm in a spiral and I'm very overwhelmed. Although, you know, taking moments of deep breaths can be really helpful and doing like a breathing exercise. Sometimes meditation isn't helpful for me because like 
too much is happening in my mind and I have to get out of my mind and into my body. So that's when like the walks help. That's when, you know, I went to color the environment last week because it was like, you're sitting there painting and you're getting, you're doing something to get you out of your head and into like your body, whether you're working out in some capacity, you're stretching, you're cooking. Cooking's a big one for me. Um, Totally. But it is really just reminding yourself to be present in those moments to figure out like what actually feels good for me and what's, what am I doing just because two bitches on the internet told me to do it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. To give one of those though, because Mm -hmm. I always think it's really basic and everyone knows it. And then I forget that, you know how we were talking about, I think it was the Patreon episode, how I always think it's basic and everyone just knows it, but we forget that there's so many places in the world that do not talk about mental health at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? How I get tripped up on that. We unpacked that in a Patreon episode if you're interested in that. But Five, four, three, two, one, baby. I was on the phone with a client meditating together and I kind of peeked open my eyes and they were not meditating because they were so in that overwhelmed spiral. They were like, I literally can't even sit still right now. And I was like, okay, pick me up, go outside. And I made them go outside and we did a five, four, three, two, one. And now it's like one of their favorite activities, which is look around you, take a deep breath and then name five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel or touch Mm -hmm. or like feel Mm -hmm. on your skin two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. And like asking someone, like even if you just texted it to a friend, hey, I'm spiraling. Here's five things I can see right now. Like that's such a cute thing to do to your friends or like even send a photo or something. It's just like a really, really nice way to just slow things down and do the bottom up processing, like get in the body for a second. Mm -hmm. And then I love what you said about just like get it to a different environment, like remove the situation Mm-hmm. do something with your hands, whether it's color me mine or cooking. I feel like doing stuff with the hands is such an easy flow state. Get out of your head. I should do more puzzles. I went through a puzzle phase for a while and I stopped, but I do think puzzles are lovely. Puzzles I'm are so lovely. my mother. But do you know what? I think I just get overwhelmed with puzzles because I think that I'm a puzzle master and I buy like the like a thousand oh, no. piece puzzle. Like g- yeah. give me the, give me the hundred piece puzzle. Same, same. Absolutely. My mom does the ones where it's the box is what you're like, they're looking at the end result of the puzzle. So the it's not even showing you what you're making. It's showing you someone reacting to the thing you're making. And also always when we get these questions, I always like to reiterate your tip of keeping a note on your phone of a bunch of different coping mechanisms. So that in the moment, it's like, it's like your version of looking on Uber Eats when you're hungry and you're scrolling, you're like, mm, what, what sounds good right now? That's kind of how I look at at keeping the note on your phone. Yeah. This is one that I made like in college. That was when I first, I mean, I haven't updated the note since 2020, but I made the note originally in college. So I haven't updated it, but just to read some fun ones, shower, not bath, go on a walk, make a healthy meal, yoga with Adrian, deep breathing exercises, massage your hand, alternate nostril breathing, lay on the floor and feel the ground rising up to support you. I love that one. Mm. Make your bed or get in it. Stay home if you need to. Don't answer the phone. Watch an easy show. Sometimes it's overwhelming to watch something new. Listen to music. Put on a record. Mindful cleaning. Take the focus off of you. Either compliment someone else or go volunteer for the day or sign up for something. Schedule routines. Meditate. Talk to someone. Identify the emotions you're feeling. Write them down. Blah, blah, blah. Do something you've been putting off. Like just send one email. Make one call. Throw one item out of your fridge. Forgive yourself for feeling these emotions or forgetting to do something and allowing a mistake to happen. Blah, blah, blah. Those are great. Thank you. Those are great. Okay. And also last one, cry. Yes. Last night I was really overwhelmed and I just cried. Gorgeous. I had caught myself tearing up all day and I was like, bitch, just cry. 
Just do it. I will say, drink water when you cry. It, like, maybe it's just me, oh, but yeah. I always get bad headaches. Yeah, me too. Because you too. Like, release a lot of water, you know? Next question. How to let go of anger and disappointment from childhood. <laughs> okay. Um, here's the thing. We talk a lot about self-awareness health, and yeah, it's a do. really sticky place to be in. Mm-hmm. And anger is a really comfortable feeling to live in. As uncomfortable- Give a recap of self-awareness health for new listeners. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do it justice in the way that you do, but self-awareness hell is when you have the awareness of all of these things that are going on, all of these traumas. You can trace every pattern back. You can trace every, oh, this is this because of that. You can, you've done it. You've done the loop. You've ruminated. You've dissected something 700 different ways, but you're not taking any action to progress and move forward. So you're just living in this hell that you've created where you're so self-aware but you are not choosing to take a step and clear or the space feel. and or feel. Did that do it right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I think when it comes to like anger around childhood trauma as an adult, it is so natural because it's kind of like step one into yeah. healing is like figuring out where this stuff comes from, then a lot of things can happen, right? Like depending on the healing that you're doing, you're either in therapy, you're either doing EMGR in therapy, you're either like journaling through things, whatever. But what was really helpful for me, because we know I love talking about Hoffman, was going through the cycle that they call the cycle of transformation. And after being able to identify all those patterns, all of this happened because of this, mom did this, dad did this, mom didn't do this, dad didn't do this, whatever, whatever it is. After we've done all of that comes the deep compassion and forgiveness that you have to have, not only for those people that you feel have hurt you, that have wronged you, that didn't do something that could have led to something else or that did do something that led to something else. And you also need to have that same compassion and forgiveness for yourself. Mm-hmm. But that's just one piece of it because again, then I get really stuck in the like, justifying people's behaviors because I have compassion for them. Mm. And that's not something that you should be doing either because then you're just accepting ongoing shitty behavior. Well, I think, I think that's a part of it, but then there's, yeah, yeah. I think that's an important step, but then don't get caught up on it. Don't I wouldn't get caught say up d- on disregard it. that step altogether. No, you I think have that's to. a very important piece. Yeah, You but, have yeah. to be empathetic and have compassion yeah. and understand that our parents are people too. And that mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like most people were doing the best they could with the tools that, with the tools that they had. And also allowing like that compassion and forgiveness for yourself and allowing yourself to move through whatever sadness it is that like that you feel around it. Because again, when we talk about abuse and all those things, like no one deserves that. No one brought that upon themselves. Like that's a whole other thing. But then also from that step, after you have that compassion, forgiveness, whatever it kind of comes to a point where like now you sort of got to take accountability for your own life because at the end of the day, you are an adult. So whether like you want, you choose to have those conversations with your parents just to like clue them in on like where you're at in your healing, if that you feel like that could be a part of your healing journey, but it's not about like beating them up and like pointing yeah. the finger and blaming them. Cause at the end of the day, like now you're an adult, they can't go back in time. You can't go back in time. So it's about introducing all of those things that you wish you could have had and reparenting yourself and giving that mm-hmm. yourself that love now. And that's the part that like, I didn't want to hear that. I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't want to hear where it's like, 
at the end of the day, like, when are you going to stop pointing the finger and like blaming the past and just like step up and fucking choose to move forward? Because like, you're the only one that can get you there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I th- it's so beautifully said. It's not even funny. What were some of your favorite ways of reparenting yourself or what were steps you took to do that? I talked about it a lot in therapy. And honestly, it's been just taking a moment to pause and think about what exactly it is that I'm craving, like what feelings I'm craving of love and attention and like cariño and all that and giving it to myself in ways that are like giving myself space to feel. Being able to say no in moments of like, do I want to go out? Do I want to stay in? Do I want to hang out with this person? It's like giving myself the authority of being able to like make decisions is a really big one for me. Because you're not Um, asking for permission from a parent. You're the parent. So mm -hmm. you get the authority. Yeah. I love that. And taking care of myself in that time. Because for me, like I'm a big quality time person. So spending quality time with myself and doing my skincare and taking a nice shower Mm -hmm. and feeling all cozy and like snuggling with myself and putting on a movie that makes me feel good and like reminds – like I love my fucking Disney Plus accounts. my favorite thing in the entire world. It's the best. The best. Eating foods that feel familiar to when I was a kid, cooking different foods that are in that, like playing. I don't – it's just like giving yourself that love and like coziness – that you're Mm -hmm. craving from outside factors. Mm -hmm. And that can look so different for everyone. I don't know. What do you do? Everything you said. I think you you answered this question so beautifully. Everything you said, the only thing I think I'll add, because we're broken records, is I think TBM does a really beautiful job of guided reparenting EMDR meditations. Yeah. Like those prompts to guide you in a particular trigger, particular situation. What did you need? Give it to yourself now. Like neural reprogramming, like really hits. Yes. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Okay. Cosign, because you just reminded me of, um, I don't know if Hoffman has it on their app. I'm not sure. Hoffman has an app? Fuck yeah. How did I not know this? And I don't know if they have it on their app because I haven't looked at it a really long time or if they have it on their Instagram because they do a lot of like guided meditations and stuff. But that was sort of one of the things that we did. Um, We would do meditations that either were like, don't have anything to do with this, which is just like introducing new behaviors. But it is sort of meditations that are exactly like that, that you play out a scene and then you give yourself like what you actually were asking for and needed in that moment. Yeah. I I think those are really powerful, those types of meditations. They're the best. I know, I like viscerally know a situation where there's a lot of, um, I have like a lot of programming and like subconscious beliefs from my first big move when I was seven for various Mm. reasons. Mm -hmm. But one piece of that was there was a girl that I know by name that my mom still brings up to this day you know who you are. That was supposed to be my buddy at the new school and show me around and play with me. And she was like assigned to me or whatever. And so at recess, I was like trying to hang out with her and her and her friends kept running away from me and turning around and being like, why are you following us? And bullied me till I cried. And so I've definitely gone in meditation and like been a little version of myself that showed up and like pulled me away and went and played together. That's the best one. It was delightful. It was so much fun. But like, so things like that is what we're saying. Like you can go replay things like that. But when you're in such a deep self-hypnosis state where it like really helps let go of those subconscious beliefs and help you move forward in a different way. Anyway, Mm -hmm. you answered this question perfectly. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, This kind of goes exactly with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to follow it up. 
it's funny wording, how to stop being crazy, even though you're self-aware about being crazy. Because that's that self-awareness hell piece. You know what I mean? I mean, what are they talking about? I feel like, are they talking about a relationship? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Because that's I have what no I'm... context, so that's hard. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of times when you're about to do something that you fucking know is out of pocket, call your friend instead. <laughs> Just yeah. call your friend instead. Yeah. Call them, tell them what you wanted to do, and they'll be, yeah. hopefully, will tell you no. This is where you don't want people to egg you on in a bad right. way. This is around. where expansive friendships come in. And yeah. if you need to know what that is, we got two episodes on that too. <laughs> From Because also this is the opposite of what I just said at the beginning of the episode where I was like, I just want friends that tell me that my delusions are correct. But those are my positive right. delusions, not my crazy actions. Like, Right, right. No, we need people to call us on that. Yeah. You call your friend. Call Have your an accountability friend. buddy. But also we would love more context to answer this question. Yeah. Yeah. So circle back. <laughs> Because we have, those, I love all your tips for getting out of self awareness hell. Also, if you're just being delusional, call a friend and don't do it. <laughs> just don't but do it. We need do more context because, like, this could be anything. <laughs> so please circle yeah. back. Um, okay, Gabby, how did you cope with your boyfriend going long distance for work? Have you ever had a long distance boyfriend? No. Wow. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. And you've had multiple. Two? Three? I've had three. Two and a half. Okay. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. <laughs> two and a quarter. Um, it sucks. Yeah. It's hard. I think a lot – I know that like what I did in past long-distance relationships was not what we did this time and it was much more helpful. We're like in the past, mm. I felt like I have to be texting them all day. If not, we're not connected. But then mm. it kind of gets to the point that like you're so distracted by reminding yourself that you miss this person because you're fucking right. talking to them all the time instead of you're long distance for a reason, whether it's work or whether it's whatever. And I'm sure that like most people have the goal of being able to like come back together. So like work on that goal, like take steps every day that get you closer to that goal instead of like being attached to your phone because that is so fucking depressing for a lack of a better word when you like wake up one morning and you're like oh I haven't seen my friends I haven't gone out I haven't done this I haven't been focusing on my work I'm not happy because mm-hmm. all I'm doing I'm is not being present staring at my phone yeah. trying to like feel like I'm in his life mm-hmm. but that's not mm-hmm. my reality so mm-hmm. don't do that and I think what's much more helpful is like yeah you can text whatever you want throughout the day but having like a phone call to end the night, having a phone call to start the morning, like having those rituals where you can actually like talk about your day and like connect with them and you know, whatever FaceTime like is the best thing ever. And that way it's like more meaningful of a conversation too than being like, mm-hmm. what'd you just eat for lunch? I just had that. You know what Literally. I mean? Yeah. And then also like, I think planning dates while you're gone is still really cute. Like whether you are FaceTiming each other and you have each other on mute and you're like, okay, we're going to start this movie at the same time. Or like you're texting Mm -hmm. while you're watching the same movie or you like both make dinner and then like have dinner talking to each other. So it feels like you're on a little date, like doing activities like that are really special. I literally, we were talking about this because there's, there was a full moon and he was like, this was the other night. He was like, moons have become so special the moon has become so special to me like since starting to date you because I'm so obsessed mm. with the moon. And when he was gone, I would always think about that and I'd be like, oh, do you see the moon tonight? Like, are you looking at the moon? And then he would go outside and look at the moon. I'd look at the moon. And then it's like, you're looking at the same moon. And that was yeah. always a really special like connecting thing for us. 
of rem- like reminding that like we can still be looking at the same thing, but we're like in completely yeah. different places. Yeah. Um, and then also I know it's not always possible for people, but if you can, knowing a set date in your calendar of when you're going to see the next person by the time that you leave them is really helpful. So like you always say that one, that's a big one. Yeah. Like every time I would leave him, we knew when I'd see him next, next for the most part, as much as we could. So that was also really helpful. There's really cute apps nowadays. Like there's an app that like you take a picture of what you're wearing today and send it to each other. What color, like put mm-hmm. what song reminds you of me? There's like cute long distance apps where it's just like a prompt a day. Oh, I didn't know that. that. you can like ping each other. Yeah, there's like really cute apps that do stuff like that now. So maybe look into those. Again, a big mistake that I made in my first long distance relationship, there was way too much future tripping. Way yeah. too much talking about the future, waiting for the future. Oh my God. Oh, no, 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 no. Just because you're in a long distance relationship and you're so excited for the next opportunity to see them does not mean that you can't live in your current present moment with them and enjoy this time now. Same thing with like texting them all day. Bring yourself back. What am I actually fucking doing right now? Here, now, like in this present. You know presence is my answer to literally everything. Yeah. Like I'm like meditate or just get present, which also is the same answer. Like my answer for everything Mm -hmm. is the same. (laughs) I mean, it's just a variation of itself, yeah. This is something that you and I have definitely talked about before and continue to get asked about constantly. All right, let's hear it. For both of us. So one was particular to me, like talking about my career journey and advice to recent grads. And then another one was how to trust career change, which I think applies to you. And both Gabby and I get asked about our careers constantly. And I feel like we've spoken about them at length. I just don't know what episodes they're in. So I know that's not really helpful because we've both gone from kind of like traditional to freelance entrepreneurship. Mm Mm-hmm in like unique ways that gets talked about a lot. I guess I'll start. Yeah, please. I've been talking way too much. God, I'm like, do I just run it back with like a really quick recap of everything? I will because people have been asking. And if you're new here, here's a recap. I come from a family riddled with mental illness. I went to school and always knew I would study psychology. I did the thing. I thought that I would get my doctorate in psychology because both my parents have dual master's degree and a law degree. Like I thought school was forever. And the department of my college program pulled me aside and was like, what makes you think with your personality that you should be in a lab or a classroom for the rest of your life? And I was like, that's actually such a good point. I never really thought about that. And so I I started working in mental health within college as well. Like I already had mental health jobs. And so I just continued to pursue those. I thought my goal was NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. That was always like my end all be all. I worked in a myriad of different nonprofit government funded social work programs. I worked at a Uh, on campus counseling and psychological services. I worked at an LGBTQIA resource center for older adults in San Francisco. I worked at a place finding and maintaining employment for youth struggling with mental health issues until I got to NAMI and then quickly realized that I got the dream job and it was not my dream and not where I wanted to be and not making me happy. And I was kind of spiraling about it. And I got an opportunity for a new role that was so fucking cool that is prevalent on the internet and Gabby knows exactly who they are and I'm not going to say them. And I quit my job, went to Alabama with Aaron for the first time, was like so stoked to start this like new endeavor with like a innovative mental health program running marketing and social media for them. And they rescinded their offer to me and I panicked and freaked out. Meanwhile, I had been writing for Mad Happy and their blog for a while because I had a friend that worked next door to them. They They had two blog posts, like they didn't even have anything about mental health yet. 
And I knew I was always interested in fashion and mental health in general. So I said, hey, you should have a mental health professional helping you write. So I wrote a little bit for them. When that job was rescinded, I don't think I've told the full tea about this, by the way. This is like the full tea. You haven't. When that, yeah. When that job was rescinded, I was like, oh, shit. So I went to Mad Happy, made up a role and said, this doesn't exist. Like you, no one's, no brand has ever done this before. I haven't seen this done before. Just so you know, there's like really, truly wrong and right ways to do this. You have to speak trauma informed. You have to have research. Like if you're trying to start a blog, like you need people that understand mental health. I've never seen this done before. I'll do it for you. Hire me. And And they they said, you're right. And they did. So I made that up in like a moment of needing something desperately and seeing an opportunity that like I hadn't quite frankly seen before that I felt like I had a unique skill to speak to and was like, I don't know what this looks like. I haven't ever seen it, but I know it's needed. Mm -hmm. And I started it. And ever since I've been consulting for brands. And then amongst that process of consulting for brands, I realized I really, I, I did a lot of external stuff consulting for brands. So a lot of like brand campaigns and social media messaging and event planning and hosting and like marketing and um, creative direction and imagery and product creation and writing and all that jazz. But I also kept trying to push for internal team training and like internal, like if you're going to walk your walk, talk your talk yeah, and like internal team training and setting up systems and kind of doing stuff like that. And I did that in like a lot of different brands I went to and only a handful of them were really receptive to that and open to that. And I found that very frustrating. And after a while, I figured out a really cool way to scratch that itch and kind of get both sides of that coin that I liked was by working with individuals and Mm -hmm. creatives and not just brands, which is where I started the mental health and creative coaching. So now I help artists and creatives in general kind of work through what they're going through in real time, which is like all of my OG training of like counseling Mm -hmm. and meeting people where they're at and all that kind of shit meets like, let's work through all that. And then how do we bring it and imbue it into your art? So every step of the way has been super organic, figuring out what I like and don't like and pivoting accordingly and quite literally making shit up because I haven't seen someone else do it and trusting that like, I believe in what I believe in and I have a unique skill set and I'm going to roll with it. Like my role models are all, like we say, it's like Rick Rubin, Anthony Bourdain. Like they are all people that, don't have anything to do with what I'm doing because I haven't seen anyone do what I'm doing before. No. And I'm making it up every step of the time. And that is so hard because you are fucking cutting down so many weeds to form a new path. Like it, all I do is mess up and make mistakes and figure out what I don't like. And I think that's such an integral part of the process because that's gotten Absolutely. me every step of where I'm at. A round of applause for Meadow's career. <laughs> As I blow my nose. <laughs> but wait, the question was what? To talk about like advice for career journeys. Yeah. Okay. So advice, figuring out what you don't like is just as important as figuring out what you do. Mm -hmm. Like every internship I took, every job I had in college, out of college, every program I went into, every population, like figuring out older adults were so not for me. Tay was a little bit better. Like like everything that you don't like, because I think people really get really bogged down of like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel right. Those are all good answers. Those are all all information. information. So like trust your gut, know that you have skills that are transferable, figure out what does and doesn't work for you and like be willing to pivot. I don't think people, I think like our parents' generation would give us tons of advice of like, if you haven't been somewhere for at least a year, it looks so bad on your resume, which like if you jump around every couple months, like, yeah, sure. But also like, I've never been afraid to pivot and try new things. And I don't feel like loyalty to stay at like one firm for a really long time. You know how people say that? Like, I just don't think that's valued in the same way anymore. I'm not saying get a new job every month. 
but I, I'll, I'll, I'll say I agree with you, but I think that is very specific on the industry that you're in. Like, oh, there probably are certain probably. industries. Turnover rate is insane in my industry. You yeah. Know? There's, there's certain yeah. industries that like you have to, like you commit to the cause for a long time. Yeah. And that is because it's going to, the next job that you go to understanding that like, I mean, I don't know anything about fucking private equity, but like if you're working in private equity, if you're a sure. lawyer, like it's different. It's different for different sure, sure, sure. industries. Meadow and I are talking from the perspective of like two creative entrepreneurs. But I still, I still stand by like, don't be afraid to pivot for what's not working for you because you deserve yes. something that works for you. And it doesn't mean your job has to be your passion. I don't believe that that's for everyone. I believe some people, your job is like skill set, and it ends to a mean to pursue passion somewhere else. Also, like you know if you're, mean? if you're chasing what you're good at naturally, which I think is very different than chasing a passion, it ultimately can become really fun for you because Absolutely. you're really good at it. And what's not- Without ruining a passion. <laughs> like, come on, winning is we fun. Talk about. Being good at something yeah. is fun and then the money yeah. will follow and that's fun. Right. So like yeah. chasing that of understanding where your natural gifted talents lie and what you're good at and what's easy for you, I think is way bigger of a key than what your passion is. I totally agree. It's like figure out that plus what the world needs and where there's a gap and how you can fill it. Like mm -hmm. that's such a key. Um, I feel like for you, if you want to do a brief career journey, cause I know people fucking bark up that tree for you all the time slash how to trust career change. I think you're really good at talking about that. I always wanted to work in magazines. I thought that was like the only thing that I knew how to do when I realized that people write for a career and journalism existed outside of like breaking news because I never mm -hmm. thought, honestly, it wasn't that life didn't intrigue me that much of like the mm -hmm. constantly on the move chasing after the story, which like is obviously so fucking needed and hats off to the journalists to do it. I just was like, I'm not cut for this. I'm, that's not what I want to do. Mm. So when I realized that there was a different type of journalism that was writing for magazines in a different way and like, you know, that, I was like, that's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do because it married my natural talent, which was writing with a happy feeling that I felt when I got to release writing. Mm -hmm. Oh my and God, there's nothing like that feeling. But when I say release writing, I literally mean like me writing into a journal when I was little. Like, yes, that's yeah. what I mean. I don't mean like that's, publishing. I agree. Um, yeah. And then married with my love for like beautiful things. I've always loved fashion. I've always loved design. I've always loved art and Telling beauty. Stories. And that, that, all of the beautiful things that I loved married with getting to tell stories. I was like, mm, fucking fantastic. So that really like scratched oh, my, my thing turned off to yours. Yeah. Anyway, what the fuck was I talking about? Internships. Internships were very important in my career. And that also really began my networking journey, which I will talk about at length 401 times if you want me to, but not today. Um, so then I had different internships at different magazines, which was fun for me, smaller publications, as well as PR firms, because I was curious about PR, as well as I had a sales internship in international sales. Cause I was really that one was because I was really interested in buying. And mm. I couldn't find any buying internships. And so I worked at Oscar de la Renta and I was an international sales intern. So I got to see like the flip side of that, which was really interesting. Cool. But I also realized I fucking hated it and it was so boring and yeah. it was just <laughs> staring at Excel. And I was like, I could never be me. So yeah. again, like Meadow said, that is information. Hated the PR company too. Like that was information for me. And my favorite internship of all time was the magazine that I worked at. And I thought mm -hmm. it was so fun. I realized that I loved being hands-on. I loved that I 
really enjoyed being a part of building a tangible product for people and being part of the storytelling that gets it to that point and being able to like physically have something was really exciting for me. And I just loved working in a team in that way. And then, um, those, by the way, that intern, those internships were all strategic. Like the magazine that I interned for was called Editorialist and Editorialist was founded by two women who used to work at Elle. So everything was sort of like barking up the tree of like, I'm going to work at Connie Nast or I'm going to work at Hearst, which are like the two major publication houses that like own all these publications that we read. And so then fast forward, I graduate from college and I got my first job out of college. Well, that's a lie. I was freelancing while I was finding my first job because I knew that in that industry, it wasn't like my friends in finance that got offered a job after their Mm -hmm. last summer internship and went through their whole senior year of college being like, I have a job next year. I I knew that like I was going to have to move to New York, not have a job, freelance, keep building my resume and be applying to jobs basically all fucking day. So I was freelancing during that time to like make some money and also like keep boosting my resume. I was freelancing for the New York Times. I was freelancing for this fashion brand, like helping them during fashion week, like whatever I could do and interviewing. And then I got my first job, um, which was the assistant editor-in-chief at Architectural Digest. And then that was an incredible journey. I learned so much. I always think like being an assistant to the person that you at the time want to become is the best way to learn. And not that that dream and goal can't change. Mine did. But at the time, Mm -hmm. like that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I wanted to become. I was like, I went into that job being like, I will be the editor-in-chief of a magazine at Connie Nast. And like, Maybe that still will happen for me. I don't know. But like Meadow said, pivoting is really important and I am not somebody who loves change. So it was really scary for me, but it got to a point that, you know, I'd been there for two years and I knew that the stories that I wanted to tell were not necessarily going to get told there. And it was not a knock on the magazine, was not a knock at all on my boss because she was the one that was like, you need to be on camera. Like, we love you. There's a home for you here. Leave, like run if that's what you want. From there, I went to <laughs> just freelancing full time. I started writing for a bunch of other publications and really starting to figure out like the type of writing that I really loved getting to tell those stories, focusing on mental health, focusing on the human behind the story, um, and just like really honing in on my love for that. And then from there, we launched the podcast. And from there, I've gotten to my writing has grown. I've written cover stories, I've written for other publications, and we're growing and we're moving. And now like I'm working a lot more behind the scenes with some fun projects that like, I really don't want to talk about yet. And yeah, it's also cool. I didn't mention like throughout the process of us each going freelance, we found each other yeah, and we're really supportive of each other during that time. And it, in supporting each other and those conversations about this subject, we were like, we should be recording this. Oh, I also know what I want to say in terms of advice. Oh. Because I agree with you that all that information is so valuable. Like when you're graduating from college, taking the jobs that like you're interested in, but you hate, that's good information. Right now we're seeing so much pressure for being 22 years old, graduating from college and starting your own fucking business. It's it's crazy. That is not the route for most people. And that does not need to be the route for you. In fact, it is so fucking valuable. You are going to be a student forever. Yeah. So again- working for the people that you want to become, working in the industries that really excite you, having a job where there is a team. The amount of days that like I miss so much being in an office, not that I'm not extremely grateful for like the freedom that comes with being a freelancer, but I miss so much having coworkers. I miss so much that environment. I think it is 
the most incredible place. You learn how to be a manager because you're wa- you're being managed. You're watching good qualities and bad qualities. You're learning from your coworkers. It's so fun to network. Like just the, the th- what it does for your fucking serotonin levels to get up and get dressed and feel good about walking into an office every day and trying to sort of like romanticize that because that can get really mundane and really mm-hmm. boring, really and repetitive very quickly. But like there is just a lot of pressure, I feel like, on young people. Again, I think you and I are speaking through a very skewed lens because we are coming from this like creative entrepreneurship. And I think that's like important to highlight. But mm-hmm. like you don't have to fucking start your own business when you're 22 years old. Like go fucking work for someone else and like get experience and like learn mm-hmm. because there's a lot to fucking learn. I have so much to learn. You have so much to learn. We all have so much to learn. So like mm-hmm. please don't let this pressure of what you see on the internet of these founders – who are fucking in their 20s, like, get you down, truly. It gets us down sometimes, and we have to unpack it too, you know? Like, I All get time. it, Like that, especially in our skewed perspective. Mm-hmm. I think two other things, because I love everything you're saying. One, you kind of touched on this already, but mentors make the biggest difference. Like, Kingman Absolutely. has changed my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. mentors, he's been on the podcast for folks that want to listen. Like, mentors make the biggest difference in the world. Actively mm-hmm. seek them out. Like, I, I, I full out reached out to him and said, I don't know if you ever mentor people, but, like, I want – you to mentor me. And he Mm -hmm. actually had and had a whole thing and whatever. In terms of how we developed TMV in the background of these careers, because TMV is a different facet of our career that we've developed in the background of these other careers that we're speaking to that we also take equally as seriously. Like from Mm -hmm. the start, we have considered this such a business. We've Mm -hmm. like have a lot of internal systems in place. Like you and I take this hella fucking seriously. And I think something valuable to mention that we spoke about in the car that one time driving back from Malibu was that like how many different versions of this did we start and fail at before we found each other and started this and it stuck. Like I I started and stopped like 16 different fucking blogs trying to like write about mental health and destigmatize mental health. You know what I mean? Like I've done that and failed so many times before finding you and this actually sticking and working out and being really fun and successful. And I just think that's so important to highlight for people that looks like maybe this is the first time we're like trying to do something on the internet about this. Like, no, no, we have flunked hundreds of times before this. (laughs) That's very true. And I feel like because this is the last question that we're answering today and like, you know, we're tired It's and whatever, like, I don't want to feel like I'm watering down my response to this because I think it's such a valuable question. I just think that there's Like, this will be an ongoing conversation on the podcast. We will talk about it further. I'm starting to talk a lot more about, like, career stuff on my TikTok. And, like... Please follow her on TikTok. She's doing a great job about it. Thank you. I've made one video. (laughs) Um, But I know the ones you have in the works, okay? Thanks. But, yeah, there's just so much to learn, always. Mentors are fabulous. My last thing about the trust piece, about, like, trusting yourself is there's different ways to develop trust outside of career that will contribute to you finding your picker for a career. So like if you promise yourself you're going to get up and meditate today, fulfill that promise or you're going to lack trust in yourself. Like small little ways to develop trust and intuition with yourself outside of this will contribute inside of this as well. So like continuing Mm. those practices are all a fucking spider web. That supports that is each a other. very valuable point to add. Thank you for adding that. And that's it. How many more tissues can I go through? I like know. we Let's gotta get, the get out, fuck of here. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for that watching. That was pretty good for us having two brain cells to rub yeah, together. I hope so. Sorry, hope my camera died in the middle of it. We're trying something new with our camera stuff. If you haven't noticed, so. But we got Bear it. Bear with us while we try new things and fail until we figure out what works for us, because that's part of the process, baby. And you're seeing it in real, real time. time. All right. Ciao. 
Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Oh, rate and review. Rate and review. If you do, if you write a review and you don't have co-create already, I might send it to you. Just saying. Just saying. I might pick someone to send it to. I random people DM me about stuff all the time, and I'm like, if you don't have co-create, I'd love to send it to you. So if you write a review, that might happen to you too. I'm just saying. Just saying. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts May Vary Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, Nadine. Gotcha.